0: Hey everybody. Uh-oh, did I lose you guys? Wait,
1: oh. were we everybody? I thought you were talking to your listeners. Oh,
0: <laughs> No,
2: you Yeah, not. me too.
1: Two people okay. is a very small everybody.
0: Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a bear Bearcast. I'm your host Bill Gonzalez, and this week we are discussing An amazing book, The Berenstain Bears and the Slumber Party from 1990. It features bears, it features no slumbering, it features the most amazing party in the history of bear country. Uh, Sadly, it doesn't feature, in my opinion, enough of it, but... To talk about this amazing party, uh, the impact it has on the lives of our little bears, the uh, the impact it has on readers. Uh, I have brought back Shannon Camp from the Stage of Fools podcast who had joined us on the Berenstain Bears and the Trouble with Friends. Hello, Shannon.
1: Hi, I'm so glad to be back.
0: So glad to have you. And I've also brought back Caroline Fulford of the Loose Cannon podcast, who is with us for the Berenstain Bears and the In Crowd. Hello, Caroline. Hi, Phil. I'm so glad to be
2: back. I'm ready to party with these bears. <laughs> Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> Caroline definitely
1: is a member of the In Crowd, I can attest. Oh boy.
2: <laughs> Thank you, Shannon.
1: Hey, girl, it's a slumber party. We got a dish. We have to give Phil some hot gossip. I,
2: I'll open with saying that I was always the kind of kid who would, like, ditch the slumber party halfway through because I would get, like, anxiety and couldn't fall asleep. So I might not be the authority on, on this topic. But uh, <laughs> Shannon got That's okay because, got because
0: this slumber party never even makes it all the way to slumbering.
2: That's true. Well, I was also known
1: for staying up all night in the basement, choreographing dances to "It's a Hard Knock Life" from Annie with wow. my friends, aka learning the latest steps, as sister would say. Although we were mostly slapping old dish rags on the floor and pretending to be orphans.
2: For me, it was all about like TLC and Destiny's Child. Those were, the, or like <laughs> S Club Seven or something. That was we did the same thing, but
0: just with those. Well,
1: well that was when I was like seven. But I mean,
0: Well wait, wait. So you were you were an actual S Club Seven fan?
2: Uh, my best friend was oh, wow. i we did not have cables. I did not see the show ever, but the music i re- recall was fairly popular i don't know
0: i've never known it i've never met i mean i guess I've met people who are ironically into <laughs> s Club seven but like I've never actually met. Like, I feel like I'm two degrees away from an actual S Club 7. He's heard
1: tales thing. of people <laughs> who were into S Club 7. He's heard the legends.
2: Well, I'm glad to have illuminated this uh, this topic for you guys. It's just
0: amazing. No, I wanted you guys to come back on this show because my knowledge of slumber parties is fairly limited. I didn't – I mean, I went to slumber parties, but it was just a bunch of, like – elementary school boys like i don't even remember us playing nintendo a lot and that was pretty much it um yeah it's
2: interesting that this this one is co-ed because that was also not my experience growing up it was always all girls and i don't know what an all boys sleepover would be like oh
1: i went to a couple co-ed slumber parties when I was in high school I mean I feel like Sister Bear is five so I don't really know what she's doing but I wanted to say as we get into the book and we start talking about it to give listeners who maybe are not as familiar a mental image I feel like Queenie and Too Tall Grizzly are basically the Rizzo and (laughs) Nikki of bear country in every sense
0: like okay so Sister and Lizzie are, like, obviously supposed to be really young elementary school kids. But the storyline itself doesn't... It suggests, like, junior high at least. The way the way the kids interact. Like, at least Queenie and Too Tall, Like, because... Okay, you said co-ed sleepover, but this isn't supposed to be a co-ed sleepover. It's supposed to be no. just a few...
1: Parents aren't even home! No! Which is crazy for a sleepover,
2: really crazy
0: well let's start at the beginning <laughs> the first thing we learn from this book is that telephones are interesting
2: yeah that and 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 that that you don't know who's going to call which is already a deeply <laughs> dated reference like right after that it was so cute i feel like
0: this the opening page of this book were like they had just discovered telecommunication like The Berenstains themselves had just gotten a phone installed in their house, and they were like, what is this witchcraft?
1: It has radiation coming from it. I'm a little bit concerned. Yeah, I mean... If you look at that first
2: image... Yeah, I guess uh, Papa Bear must die of cancer in a later book (laughs) or
0: something.
1: Especially with him surrounded by that yellow circle, he looks like he's in a piece of old Chinese propaganda. (laughs)
0: It really, the first two, so for a book that's ostensibly about an amazing slumber party, it's it spends the first two pages just talking about how cool a phone is. And like how each... A rotary phone. Yeah, they really, wa- like this book just waffles for a while before we get to the gist of it, which is that Sister Bear gets invited to sleep over at Lizzie's house. Which, it, not even a slumber party, she just gets invited to sleep over, uh, rather than play dress up or play dolls or hang out in a chicken coop which is like a thing
2: start a sorority in a chicken coop which is also a strangely <laughs> like mature oh, thing for a kid to want to do
0: i didn't i hadn't even noticed
2: I... that. organizing a sorority and using farmer ben's old chicken coop. <laughs> is that the same thing <laughs> i can't believe i glossed over that detail a
0: sorority yeah. i don't understand what that even supposed to mean
2: i yeah i mean again I get the feeling sometimes with these books that they start out with an illustration they want to do and then make the story around it. Well, I was going to say
1: the cutaway of all the girls looking excited and then running out of the chicken coop, presumably because it's caked with chicken Yes, I would have to imagine. Um, I thought that was super adorable because look at their stubby little (laughs) limbs. They honestly look like toddlers. (laughs) Why are they going to this adult slumber Why party? Why does
0: Farmer Ben not clean out his chicken coop?
1: Yeah, he should not have let them go in there.
0: <laughs> the chickens are all dead or something because it's an empty chicken coop.
2: Salmonella at least.
0: It's like, ah. Oh, at least. I never took care of my chickens.
2: Maybe it's uh maybe Bear Country is going through a period of economic depression and all the farmers' livestock are just have just died off and like the economy is just failing slowly and Farmer Ben has a lot of economic anxiety, basically. Well,
1: everyone is costumed as if it's either the 1930s or the 1980s with (laughs) absolutely no middle ground. For example, Mama is wearing a dress that's obviously made out of an old sack of some kind. Papa Bear overalls But barefoot, you know, a step away from a barrel. Uh, But then you have Queenie, who's wearing like an off-the-shoulder sweatshirt, leggings, a sweatband, and one hoop earring. Oh, we'll get to Queenie. Iconic.
0: We'll get to Queenie. Don't worry.
1: (laughs) I'm so excited. I can't stop bringing her up. Can we
0: talk about the latest dance steps?
2: Yeah, I don't know.
1: You can tell that the Berensteins were already a little advanced in age <laughs> when they wrote this one. Oh, a little. <laughs> With much love and respect to them. Uh, calling it... I, did yeah. they call it tapes? Is that what you guys called it back well, in Well, the they day? would have been bringing tapes. Did you say tapes. cassettes?
0: They would have been bringing tapes in 1990.
1: So. I wouldn't know. I was not oh. alive.
0: <laughs> yes. They definitely... If you were bringing a boombox, you would have been bringing tapes. I want to point out the fact that the line... Anna and Millie are bringing tapes, M-Dash, and Queenie's going to teach us the latest dance steps is repeated almost verbatim. Like, this is a huge (laughs) deal that Anna and Millie are bringing tapes, who knows of what, parents just don't understand. NWA. Some poison maybe?
1: (laughs) The electric slide.
0: And then Queenie's going to teach them the latest dance steps. And not only is this an amazing thing for sister, this is the selling point for mama because it's the one thing sister (laughs) says that makes mama go, "Mm, okay, maybe you should go to this party.
1: If she ever wants to catch a husband someday, she has to learn (laughs) how to dance and comport herself in society.
0: Yeah, there
2: is a weird like Old-fashioned socializing attitude towards the slumber party. Uh, I guess we'll get towards that to the end of the book, but still, yeah. it's like well, it's like the one thing leads to another of your classic teen movie, but it's so innocent that <laughs> it also kind of has this weird dissonance at the center of it.
0: No, Caroline, I was just gonna say it reminds me of when you watch like old teen movies from like the fifties, where someone will bring like when you have a like a house party and you would bring over. 45s, and you'd pop them on the little like someone's little record player and like the kids would like sit there and like have a part like a dance party like at somebody's house seems to be the idea i
1: mean this isn't the town from footloose it's fairly wholesome fun
0: mm-hmm. no no one's no one's saying that they're not allowed to dance to the latest tapes or whatever <laughs> it is they're doing i don't know nineteen ninety i think by this point like two life crew two life crews nasty as they want to be had come out so who knows what <laughs> tapes are showing up i know my sister had a copy of it oh
1: too tall has a copy oh, t- of it don't you worry about too tall <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do worry about Too Tall. So uh,
1: <laughs> We're all worried about Too Tall. So
0: for our listeners at home, Sister Bear has been invited to sleep over at Lizzie's house. Lizzie and Millie are going to be there, and that is it. Lizzie and Millie are going to... uh Anna is going to come as well. They're going to bring tapes. Queenie's coming, and she's going to teach them all the latest dance steps. Mama's f- not so sure, but Sister convinces Mama that it's cool. So they... <laughs> That's it. Like, the, this book is, we're pages into this book, and we haven't even gotten to the party yet.
1: I have some theories about this book, but I have to hold off to the end. But it's all, it's all the pieces of the puzzle are falling into place. <laughs> Just keep that in mind.
0: I do notice that they kind of go out of their way while sister's getting ready to go to this party. Um, they show a lot of, like, little, like, bits of her room, little things like her doll and her rabbit lamp that sort of, like, push to the reader like, Remember this is a little girl. This is a little girl. Like
1: Yes. And I know.
0: And so Mama dusts off the camping sleeping bag and they just sort of Pack sister a bag and send her up the road. Like, that's it. Like, she's she's seen hiking up a trail with a backpack and a suitcase in her hand.
1: And then comes your favorite illustration of and all. And then
0: comes the best illustration in the history of the Berenstain Bears. And so this page we have is a spread that looks hauntingly like the telephone hour scene <laughs> from the Bye Bye Birdie movie, which is bears, bear cubs all over bear country spreading the word that there isn't not a sleeping, not a sleep, not a party, not a slumber party, but that... <laughs> that a couple of cubs are going to sleep over at Lizzie's house. That's it. And word is spreading now, and it's becoming a party. And
1: Lizzie is kind of doing nothing to shut it down. She's saying, "Uh, but bring some
2: popcorn or soda. We don't want to run out, which is a valid point. They do ask Lizzie if they can come. So it is kind of her fault.
0: Do they? Yeah. Oh, I see.
2: At least not these. This initial group of kids.
0: Yeah, it says that there are cubs from all over the neighborhood were calling Lizzie and asking if they could come to the party, and she says sure. Again, we're putting a lot on like a what? A seven-year-old, an eight-year-old.
1: She's wearing tiny little sailor overalls yes.
2: and a headband.
1: Well, sometimes grown-ups wear headbands, Caroline.
0: (laughs) But she's not wearing one I just came
1: on this podcast to have fun, and I'm feeling really attacked
0: right now. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) She's wearing a wholesome headband, though, not a queenie headband.
1: That's a sweatband.
0: Yeah, there's two ways of wearing hair accoutrements in bear country. One that says you're an innocent kid, and one that says that you're kind of a bad kid, but kind of a cool kid. (laughs) And that's the way Queenie McBear wears her headband. I
2: think all the bad kids are supposed to be like from the 90s and the good kids are from the
0: 1930s.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, she has to wear a sweatband because of all that dancing. Oh, that's true. Just sweating up a storm.
0: Because she's always getting the vapors. And speaking of the vapors, here comes Two Tall Grizzly, the most (laughs) eligible bachelor in bear country.
1: Just look at the body language in these illustrations, okay? I don't need to say any (laughs) more. A picture's worth a thousand words. She's, like, leaning on the pole of her porch, uh, arms crossed over her chest, hands in her pockets. He's walking up to her, hip-popped.
2: And mm-hmm. the three little boys all are, there. like, doing a jig of some sort.
0: <laughs> 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 it's this ridiculous picture. I mean, it's an amazing picture in that you're right. Like, the body language is captured perfectly. Like, these are two teenagers... It's, or at least preteens yeah. who are comfortable with their relationship with one another, and he's a he's the town tough who's got his little posse, and they are ready to dance
1: <laughs> a leprechaun
0: <laughs> dance to entertain.
1: I love those jughead hats that are cut like crowns that one yeah. of the boys has. That's how you know that someone's a real tough if they have a crown hat kid in their in their gang.
0: Oh yes, those are whoopee caps.
2: Oh, I didn't know they were called anything. Yeah,
0: they're called whoopee caps. You would take a uh, <laughs> Brian Skinner and I discussed this a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> you uh, you take a uh, you take a man's like a fedora, a uh, felt hat, and you turn it inside out and you flip up the brim and you cut it into 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 points, and kids would wear them. You would pin uh you would there were collectible pins you would, could send away for from like breakfast cereals and you would pin them onto your whoopie cap and so you would try to cover your whoopy cap in as many pins as you could. And that's why Jughead's whoopie cap always has a couple of like a square and a circle. Those represent the pins that kids used to put on their whoopee caps.
2: Pretty hardcore. In That's so
0: cool. <laughs> what? I said that's pretty hardcore. You know you're from the thirties when you're wearing a whoopee cap. <laughs> So Tutal says that they're not going to get invited so so Queenie spills the beans on some party and Tutol says we're not going to get invited to this party we're going to crash boombox and all
2: Hell yeah
0: Like they're not only going to the party they're bringing their own party and I hate to say it, but it looks like the greatest party in the world.
1: <laughs> well, they have one of those soda shooter things, and everyone knows you can't have fun without those, so that's something.
0: If I'm correct, they're not shooting seltzer. If you look at the Cubs, they've actually shaken up bottles of soda and are directing the spray oh. with their thumbs. Because there's another cub on the chair who's getting ready to spray soda with her thumb. I
2: like the one. I like that Lizzie is just like jamming by herself, and that's her whole party. Yeah, <laughs> she is pretty cool. I would go to her party. She seems cool.
1: I take back what I said about the 30s or 90s. By the way, because the babysitter is definitely from the 19th. Yeah. So
0: for for our listeners at home, uh, what 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 has been revealed is that Lizzie Bruin's parents are not going to actually be at this slumber party or at this sleepover. They've left with a teenager in charge, a babysitter, who goes unnamed. And then the next panel is this party that has gone completely out of control, and you know it's gone out of control, because the babysitter is standing at the foot of the stairs, fists raised to the heavens, (laughs) head thrown back, eyes closed, bellowing out "Please to God to save her from this summer party, and no one is paying her any mind. There are pillows being thrown there are dance steps being not learned there's a boom box and a bear cub listening to a radio like over the boom box if you look up in the upper left
2: yeah she's great
0: and you know that it's mostly girl cubs because you can count the earrings the girl cubs are the ones wearing headbands and or earrings
2: I like how Queenie is dancing with the boys, though. Yeah,
1: she's not teaching him any dance moves. He knows the dance moves already. Oh,
0: she's already taught him the dance moves.
2: Ugh, a Queenie.
1: <laughs> Phil, this is a family podcast. I just meant
0: she taught him some dance moves. He came over to her house previously, and she was like, let me teach you about the hammer or the Roger Rabbit.
2: They, she kind and of they looks like it. she's going to do the running man, maybe. She is. <laughs> yeah. She's,
0: she's pre-running man. Uh, so let's look at this picture. Why? Because this is a great picture. And unfortunately, this is all we get of the amazing slumber party. So that's a, this is point B that I'm going to make tonight, which is that this book is called The Berenstain Bears and the Slumber Party. We really only get one brief page of the actual slumber party. So let's talk about this party.
2: Maybe it's the because the Berenstains found the idea of a of such a slumber party to so upsetting that they just couldn't devote more than one page to it. It's
1: always better slash worse if you can, you know, leave more to the imagination. It's more horrible if you're horrified by the idea of the slumber party, and it's more tantalizing if you find that enticing, I suppose.
0: It still looks like an amazing party. We have popcorn being thrown, we have soda being squirted, we have a beanieed bear sliding down a banister. It just looks like a heck of a lot of fun. I think that this actually calls back to listeners of the show from the very beginning. Will remember that the Berenstains started out uh, their big their big claim to fame was they used to draw huge two page spreads for the Atlantic for Atlantic the Atlantic Magazine that featured kids just being kids. And this really harkens back to it. What you see, kind of this like it's a it's a huge tableau of of. Of activity, but it kind of represents maybe like everything that has happened at this party. Like, it's probably not supposed to all be taking place necessarily at the same time, but we're getting kind of an overview of the chaos that is going on at Lizzie's house.
1: I really like um, the kind of pop art touches in the artwork for this book. In the party, there's like these really cool music notes that are filled in with blue, yellow, and pink that I just really like the look of. Also in the telephone hour illustration, all the kids' heads are like in their own brightly colored circles. Yeah. So it has a really fun, exciting look that I think adds a lot to the chaos of the picture.
0: Yeah, it's a very active book. They really try to sell the, the, the vibrancy of of the life that the kids are leading. Have either of you two, when you two were younger, did you, did you ever experience a chaotic gathering like this?
2: No, I was really like, I think I was the kind of kid who had like one or two really good friends and I didn't. Really socialize with like other kids and groups like that. I think I just mostly like read books and that was it. Um, I didn't really go to parties,
1: but growing up, I had a group of family friends where all the kids my age were boys. So it was like me and anywhere from six to eight boys, and we would do really stupid things like that would in some way involve (laughs) trashing our various basements slash rec rooms or. We found a broken telephone booth and we took off our shoes and what? walked barefoot on the broken glass, oh. which I look back huh? and I'm like, what? what? It was like daring each other to do <laughs> stuff. And, of course, I had to do it because I was the only girl. So I had to, <sighs> you know, represent my entire gender. Um, and we would like uh, TP our friends' houses and throw snowballs at cars and, you know, just do the, all the things that bored suburban middle schoolers do. But... I never went to any raucous parties. I was a
0: bored suburban middle schooler. I never walked on glass.
1: The
2: camps don't play around. I
0: guess. Walk on this glass.
1: I was something of a queenie, I suppose. I
0: guess. Queenie McBear.
1: Just kidding. I was not. I was a sister bear who was susceptible to peer pressure.
0: (laughs) Well, so I brought both of you back, A, because you're both awesome, but Uh also B, because I... I felt like your the books that you guys covered before, The Trouble with Friends and The In Crowd, kind of converge in this book, because this book really is about kind of the trouble with friends, like the, the way that friends can kind of lead you into bad places at times. And also The In Crowd, because we have The Return of Queenie in a major part, and also... We see kind of her negative influence on the younger cubs because I'm still assuming that she's older than these cubs. Um, she
1: has to be, yeah.
0: So, like, how do you guys, how do you guys see those two themes fitting in as far as like the way friendship can kind of be a problem <laughs> sometimes when you're just trying to be a good friend, and also the the, the pressure you can feel to sort of do. Uh, do things outside of your own self-interest.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably why, like, Liz, it makes sense like, as a little girl thing to do that Lizzie would, like, call all these friends and tell them that it was okay for them to come over without it being just, like, a one-on-one friend thing, and that might have been, I can I can understand that out of the desire to be popular or something, or to, like, to be, yeah. to be in the in-crowd to a certain extent, and that is kind of the age at which those ideas tend to become important. Yeah, I
0: I was just going to say, I can imagine, like, being Lizzie and getting those calls had to be pretty, like, amazing. And, like, sort of like this – what's the word I'm looking for? Where you are – what's the word? Where (laughs) someone says something and it justifies your very existence. You have been –
2: Validated. (laughs) Validated,
0: yes. It had to be very validating for Lizzie to suddenly have all these, like – peers calling and asking if they can come over
1: yeah i was gonna say i remember the like social cachet of having a (laughs) quote-unquote 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 friend group as opposed to like you know, having some friends, having the idea of, like, a group where, like, everyone in the group was friends with each other and you were, like, known as being a group definitely was something that appealed to me. Even in elementary school, you know, people, like, writing their initials on their notebooks and stuff who was their group. So that was kind of what I thought of with uh, Lizzie there. I could see how that would be very tempting.
0: And then the notion that, like, you're trying to be a good friend, and you kind of get swept up well, like you said before, with walking on broken glass like you don't want, you don't want to be the stick in the mud, like you don't want to be the person who walks away from the fun- like that's what brother bear does he's the one who says, "No, this isn't cool, I'm not going to do it and I guess he kind of gets peer pressured in a previous book he got peer pressured into stealing a pumpkin, but like oh no there there is that <laughs> haven't we all. <laughs> <laughs> there is that there is that constant like threat when you're a kid kind of hanging over you that like maybe there's going to be maybe that one kid in your in your friend group is might be a bad influence or might lead you astray. I don't know. Does that ring true? Um,
2: Not really. <laughs> I think I, I think my I mean, for, like, maybe not just for girls like at that age, I think friendship is all about kind of like a an inward competitiveness, um, mm. but not so much like daring each other to do things.
0: That's interesting cuz like my only frame of reference is like my friends when I was a kid and of course it was mostly all guys. And there was always those one or two kids within our like little circle who were like, "Let's go do this thing." And we would all be kind of uncomfortable with it, but 9 times out of 10 we'd go along because no one wanted to be the first person to blink. And I can say that none of us ever like had a wild party like this at that age, but we certainly made plenty of, I guess, do crank calls count? Making crank calls?
1: I mean, you wouldn't fit in with me and my badass gang. We're all wearing our whoopee caps with collectible buttons on them. Um, but you could try throwing some snowballs at cars, then maybe come hang out with us. We'll let you walk on
2: broken glass.
0: Oh, boy. this
2: is This is how much of a nerd I was compared to both of you, I guess. I, re- I remember the game I liked to play was, like, pretend school, and I would be the teacher. So I definitely was not uh, in the, the mode of, like, rule-breaking in any, in any form when I was
0: little. But that's literally what Sister Bear had to do in The Trouble with Friends. I
2: mean, yeah.
1: I feel like Sister Bear. I played with my American Girl dolls until, you know, probably, like, the summer before high school. I was... Totally like in some ways, a childhood innocent. I think with situations like this, uh, sometimes it's maybe not one person making dares, at least in my experience among groups of girls. It was more that the group does sort of have a personality who's a little more aggressive than the others who emerges as the leader and through more passive suggestion would kind of control the situation. That It rings a little more true to me than like a wild peer pressure situation where they say you have to do this. It would be more like insinuated, I feel, among girls. But maybe that's to come, you know, more in junior high and high school than elementary school. Yeah, I definitely
2: agree with
0: that. Right, right. That makes sense to me. Um, What ends up happening with these cubs, though, is the police get called, as often happens with an (laughs) elementary school slumber Um, party.
1: babies. Yes. Little babies.
0: The, uh, the commotion is so loud. As the Berenstain's themselves write, <laughs> you never heard such a commotion that <laughs> some neighbors, I don't know who, an angry bear in a vest, calls the police. We finally see another police officer besides Officer Marguerite. I was convinced she was the only police officer in bear country. There's a chief who doesn't do much. He sits at his desk. I assume it's a guy. It could be a woman. Uh, he they, The chief sits at the desk. Shirt unbuttoned. Uh,
1: yeah, he looks like a dude. He doesn't have earrings on that we that can, we can see. see. I think Officer Marguerite is like um, the Francis McDormand character from Fargo. Yes. Like the strong female police officer who solves all the crimes.
2: Yeah, she seems both like... A form of authority, but also maternal.
0: She's justice. Well, this justice arrives at the house just as Lizzie's parents arrive home. Oh, no. Which Ah. is the worst. And then we get an amazing picture. We get to see Mama Bear as (laughs) angry as she's ever been.
2: Her eyes are glowing. All the other parents don't look that happy either.
0: No, we get to see that, and we get to see worried cubs being hauled away by their parents. We get to see the too tall and his gang sneaking off into the woods or no they sneaking off down uh, across the street
1: sneaking between the cars there's, there's
0: a mama cub and her cub a mama bear and her cub sneaking <laughs> Dis- off into the woods
1: disappearing into the woods
0: <laughs> um, for
1: shame for shame you brought dishonor on our family <laughs> that would have been a lot more impressive if my voice had cracked <laughs> but i pushed through anyway <laughs>
0: Uh, And then Lizzie Bruin is sent to bed, and we get to see – we see her. If you look up in the upper window of the Bruins' house, you see Lizzie climbing into bed. Uh, So the party is broken up by the police. It got out of hand. Mama is furious. Um, One thing we didn't mention going way, way back to the beginning of the book is that Mama Bear had had a long talk with uh, Sister about the difference between privilege and responsibility. Mama asks if if Sister knows what that means, and Sister says, well, sure – privilege means being allowed to do stuff and responsibility means not messing up and i kind of like that summation that's like a pretty good a pretty good way of breaking it down but mama keeps emphasizing privilege and responsibility to to sister and what i love about this part is that it reminds us that little kids are little kids and you can teach them abstract concepts as much as you want, it doesn't mean it's going to mean anything to them at the end of the day.
2: I do think that's kind of a heavy thing to introduce to a kid who's just going to a slumber party, though. Like, I don't know. I, I like, didn't get that whole, like, this bit of their relationship at all. I don't know why. It seemed, like, very from, like, a a perspective that I didn't share as far as, like, old-fashioned parenting, I guess. I don't really know.
1: I feel here's where my theory comes into play. My theory about this book is that it was the audience is parents as much as it is children. It feels like the Berensteins are trying to remind parents that they should really like look into their children's sleepover arrangements. Like Papa in that illustration that's just his face might as well be looking like straight out of the pages (laughs) at the reader uh, because it's, like, very dull for children. It's this parental discussion about responsibility and, like, is sister, who's a very, very little girl, even old enough to understand these concepts, etc.? Like, if I'm four years old, I would be like, what? I th- I think if this book were more focused on the children's angle, we would see a little more of the party. Yeah. But the reason the party only lasts one page is because it's just supposed to represent this abstract concept of this is the sort of trouble your kids could be getting into. But much worse, because you saw Queenie in tootal's body language, because we all know that sometimes it's not just soda. And it's supposed to kind of plant that seed in the parents' mind as much as in the child's imagination.
2: Yeah, that's I think I think that's probably right. But uh, I guess I was just a little bit surprised that there was that like very strong concern in uh a Berenstain Bears book maybe I mean I don't I remember something about like the talk to strangers one but uh this seems to be kind of taking on like another somewhat dark moral lesson here <laughs> well it is yeah and I've said
0: before and uh that the Berenstain these books kind of fall into several different categories and some of them do seem to be more aimed at parents like Here's some tips on how to deal with your kids rather than like here's an entertaining book for children. Like they always seem to re- they seem to like always come back to like more talking about the way the parents should have handled something than about how the kids could handle something. And I do like what Papa says cuz it turn around on most of the books plots, Papa ends up becoming the voice of reason at the end and Mama's flipping out about privilege and responsibility and papa's the one who says you know what we're the parents we have the responsibility here like we're the ones who should have checked in and made with with lizzie's parents rather than just send our child up the road without ever discussing it with the family whose house she's going to
1: i don't think nowadays uh on the bruins side that even if it was just a couple little girls sleeping over if they're little girls that a sitter would be in charge for most of the time
0: i definitely would uh i definitely i mean I have left my kid, my five-year-old, with other kids when they've had a teenager in charge. Um, It's not unusual uh, if the teenager, like, is is particularly responsible. I don't know if I would do it for, like, a whole evening.
1: That's what I'm saying. For a few hours, I mean, one of the kids I nanny is a 12-year-old, and, like, he's in charge of his siblings for a couple hours here, a couple hours there, it's not a big deal at all. A, but if you have a group of small children and it's, you know, nighttime and it's a slumber party, then there's just like a whole lot of factors in there. And I feel like even as a parent or, a you know, a regular caregiver, it's kind of like, oh, this is going to be a lot on my plate. For uh, someone who seems like a teenager, which is how I think this babysitter that they transported from the 70s, she also kind of looks like Barb from Stranger Things, if she were (laughs) a bear, a little bit, Um, yeah, it just would be a lot to take, a lot to deal with.
0: Obviously, it is. Well, definitely, and uh, and I think that if God, if you're parents and you're you're having your friend's kid come over and you're leaving for the evening, maybe it's your responsibility to give a call as well, like and say like, oh, by the way, we're not going to be around. Is that okay?
1: I mean, it was it was the nineties, man. (laughs)
0: We were just coming off of Reagan's America Things were looking good It was
1: I mean, it's silly But there was a rotary phone at the beginning of this book It was a different time I'm sure if it were, you know, the 60s And it were Sally Draper and her friends Be like, you girls want to get a hotel room by yourselves Okay, have fun Don't drink too much champagne
0: Well, what ends up happening is Mama has a change of heart She had grounded Sister Bear Like, done some major grounding And she has a change of heart She decides to just take Sister over to Lizzie's house where Sister agree, and all the other, like, Cubs are coming back with their parents, uh, or I should say their mamas, to help Lizzie and her parents, or just, I guess, Lizzie, clean up from the mess they made. And kind of just, that'll be the end of that. Like, they've learned their lesson. They're going to clean up the house. The last page is the Cubs cleaning up the mess they made. Lizzie suggesting, hey, let's let's make this a cleanup party. And Sister basically saying, <sighs> let's not and say we did. The end.
1: No, that's not what she says. The look on sister's face is pure scorn. And she says, let's not. And if you don't mind, Liz, I don't want to hear the word party again for a long time.
0: Oh, boy. I had this this friend in college. And every time she would get really drunk. And then the next day, and this happened frequently. The next day, she would always say, I am never drinking again.
2: Yeah, I mean that's. I feel. I feel that way every time, but I don't necessarily say it.
0: And she would say it that way, and she would hold, like, have this scornful look on her face at her friends who were with her. She'd be like, "Ugh, I'm never gonna let you guys." Convince me to do that again. She looked exactly like Sister does in this picture.
2: Well, there is a lot of empty bottles being disposed of in this scene. (laughs) That's true. Yeah.
0: (laughs) This kid with his arms full of hooch.
1: Yeah, my roommate and I spent a long time looking at this page because the combination of Sister's scornful expression and the phrase... Let's not, which is very modern, just it's almost like a meme. Like, it looks <laughs> like it's so funny. Uh, I know last time I was on the show, Phil posted an image of sister making another crazy expression, like a fish face. Yes. Uh I would like to humbly request that this expression of sisters also be included in the show notes because... It is. It's great. Save it for the next time you need a scornful reaction online. It's 2016, so you'll probably need one pretty soon. Should
0: we turn this into a- It's.
1: It's going to be the new Arthur's Fist. Movie. I was going to say, should we turn <laughs> yes. this
0: into a meme? Should we turn this into a let's not meme?
1: We've got the power. <laughs> and podcasting is such a visual medium. I'm sure people are already hooked on the thing I've been harping on for a while Yes, and the,
0: the twos of tens of people who will listen to this. Are going to make this thing go viral.
1: Our rabid fan base of (laughs) rabid bears.
0: So, yeah. So, let's talk about this picture. We have Queenie sweeping popcorn off the stairs. We have Rando Cub adjusting a a lamp. There's wet. There's liquid on the ground. There's busted up pillows. There's a Cub, arms laden with bottles, dumping them into a laundry basket. Um, And everyone's just as happy as can be. Like, this is... This is a perfect ending to a perfect evening.
2: Well, they're, they're, uh, they've subjected to the, will, the moral will of the, the sort of authors of the story, and they're happy to be sort of giving their pence for their, for their crimes. <laughs> so meta. <laughs>
0: yes. That's one thing we know from these books is that as much as cubs love to misbehave, more than anything else, the cubs and kids love their punishments. And they always take them in the best of spirits and they always take them to heart. Like they always learn the best lesson. And I guess the best lesson from this is, I don't know, what is the lesson of this book?
1: I'm a little bit confused, to be honest, because at the beginning it seemed like they were trying to teach sister a lesson about responsibility. But now they're saying if the kids do something wrong, it's kind of the parents' responsibility. But it is still the kids' responsibility because they're the ones cleaning it up. So... The, the ball's kind of been tossed back and forth across the court at this point.
2: I think maybe they've just... It's that they've all learned something, you know? Well, I mean, Queen Queenie's there. I mean, she's sweeping up. Maybe she's learned not to invite strangers over to someone else's house.
1: Maybe she's learned that she needs to roll with a cooler crowd That's true. than these guys. Yeah. She's like, they can't really keep uh, keep anything to themselves.
0: I know she's looking at the ground. She's looking at her broom. I think she's... Trying to learn, teach yourself some amazing new dance steps because
1: that's Queenie. She's always she can find
0: inspiration. She's on the cutting edge. The lesson that I learned from this book is get your phone out of your house.
2: <laughs> the radiation
0: because uh, the first you can thing never you,
2: tell who's calling you.
0: You can never <laughs> tell who's calling you. You don't know until you pick up. You have this phone on a pedestal. It's obviously the thing around which all your life. Lo- if they had not had the phone. None of this would have happened.
2: Yeah, I mean the phone is the is the the doorway through which all trouble enters the Baronstein household.
0: That's true. That's true. Nothing good has ever come of it.
2: Kids these days.
0: <laughs> Kids these days in their phones. At least it wasn't about like sister spending like all her time on the phone. Oh, we'll get to that though. And the Baronstein Bears, I think in the Homework Castle we get to see Brother Bear on the cordless phone which they've upgraded to, which is a uh, a nice, a nice uh, early '90s sized brick of a phone. Oh, we we skipped antenna.
2: over the fact that apparently Brother Bear's conversations on the phone are limited are limited to homework help, and that he got six and a half. What did you get? <laughs> that
0: was really did, he, cute. did he get six and a half?
2: Yeah, he got six and a half.
0: I guess Brother just doesn't have a lot of friends. He's a nerd. He is a nerd. He's
2: yeah, he hangs up with his cousin all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. He he's good at sports. We know that. But his only friend is cousin Freddy, and he spends all of his time doing homework and making dinosaur models. Let's emulate Brother Bear. I think he's a good he's a good he kid. He has a
2: great dino set. I mean, why would you need to go out if you have whole a dino set? Whole books have
0: been written about his dino set.
2: I mean, hey, I have nothing to add. i I'm, I'm very
1: pro brother bear. Pro
0: brother bear. Not a
1: controversial figure. I'm gonna
0: back so I'm gonna back the whole episode up and just say the moral of this book is just do what Brother Bear does. Work on your dinosaurs, do your homework, talk to your cousins.
2: Yeah, don't make friends. Friends are trouble.
0: Look at them. Look at them. Next thing you know, you're going to be cleaning up someone else's house. And that's the last thing you want.
1: Instead of letting a cool older girl teach you the latest steps, have you thought about working on your own choreography for It's Hard Knock Life from Annie? (laughs) No one ever got in trouble doing that. I promise.
0: I I have heard tell, though, of many a rec room destroyed and many a glass trod upon.
1: (laughs) I feel like I'm never gonna live this down now, but I also feel a little bit cooler. And what what's this? A, a sweatband just appeared in my hands, <laughs> and I'm putting it on. Oh, I feel so at home. I feel whole for the first time. And huge hoop earrings.
0: <laughs> so one last note the uh, the cover of this book has it's a variation on the on the on the party tableau. I actually like this picture a lot better. Because while you still have Sister Bear squirting soda, you have Queenie, uh, Lizzie throwing popcorn. You actually see Tootal and his gang creeping in the window, so they didn't even come in the front door.
1: Classic Tuttle straight a, up B&E.
0: You have a, a cub <laughs> trying on like a headband, and then another cub. I don't know. Maybe this is the Caroline cub, laying in a sleeping bag, just reading a book. Yep. Just shutting out all the chaos around her.
1: I like that the radio cub is the same one from the party scene. I feel like that's like her signature thing. Like, (laughs) this is our friend Edith. She comes over with her little personal radio and just rocks out. Like, she only likes new wave. She doesn't like our music, but that's fine. She's just doing her own thing.
2: Yeah, she's like the peanuts girl who just bobs her head back and forth the whole time. Yeah,
0: she's in her zone. She's doing what she does. So, the Berenstain Bears and the Slumber Party. This is the part of the show where I'm like, does this book belong on a kid's bookshelf or can we give it a pass? What do you guys think? I think it's pretty dated.
2: Like it, it reads as if I were a kid now, I can't think of a single thing that I would have in common with any of the kids in this situation because of like the phones and the tech and like the way kids relate to each other now. I think I don't know. I Shannon, you have more insight into the way the kids are now, but I have no idea.
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to say I hope to God that I never see the Berenstein Bears using smartphones. I really don't ever want to see that happen. I don't know, something about it, they just I like them preserved in their old fashioned time. But um I, I found the old fas- the the moralizing in this to be a little bit clunky. Um, And it just didn't really come together in a way that was entertaining. I kind of wish they'd spent a little more time showing us the party itself instead of pages of illustrations that are just Mama Bear and Papa Bear's heads while they have a very serious conversation. So I'm going to say skip this one. It feels more like for the parents than for the kids.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to join in and say that this has never been one of the favorite books that I've ever read to my kids. Uh, It comes out every once in a while, but no one ever asks for it. Uh, I like... (laughs) <laughs> I like the drawings of the cubs interacting. I think it has some cute pictures.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And some fun things to say about the way that cubs interact. But it, this one kind of really feels out of touch. Like, even at the time it was written, it was like, we are two writers. Our kids are already adults with lives. Like, we don't really quite grasp the youth culture of the day. And it. I think it was dated in 1990. So, yeah. yeah I wouldn't run out and buy a copy if I were you. Uh, if you're a completist, of course, buy it. But I don't think it necessarily has to be on anyone's shelf. It doesn't teach anything bad. It's not like uh, the trouble with uh, Learn About Strangers, where like they actually learn information that can be detrimental to a child's safety. But uh,
1: uh, I hate that book.
0: Yeah, it's, a t- it's 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 not a good one. But uh, the Slumber Party, uh, you know, it's not teaching your kid any bad stuff. It has some nice stuff to say about privilege and responsibility. But again, that stuff just I think just goes way over kids' heads. And uh at the end of the day, it's kind of just a take it or leave it book and maybe just leave it. The slumber party.
1: It gives me a lot of good fodder for my Berenstein Bears universe fan fiction cuz it kind of fleshes out uh bear country. So if you're a Berenstein Bears completist and you want to like know everything there is to know about Whoopie cap Kid, definitely check Just this one out. Just continue to Otherwise, unlock maybe not. the
2: Berenstain Bears universe.
0: <laughs> oh, if you want to ever know more about the Berenstain Bears social lives, the, the lives of the Cubs, all you have to do is read the chapter books. That's where we get into dangers in cyber... What? Oh, the chapter books. Oh, we'll be getting to those at some point. That's where we get into the dangers <laughs> oh, of... Oh,
1: please have me on. The dangers please. of
0: cyberspace, the dangers of drug oh, no. use, and the oh, dangers, no. of, and the dangers <gasps> no. of guns at school. What? So, <gasps> no!
2: This all comes oh up in Bear God. Country.
0: Don't you worry. Oh boy, is, do they do they ever cover is, that stuff?
2: This is Berenstein Bears After Dark.
1: <laughs> you can hear our hearts breaking if you listen to this recording hard enough.
0: Oh, there are tons of chapter books. Oh, yeah. And they get out. I think like nine tenths of them are all about dating. Ugh. I know. I know. I know.
1: This is even more disturbing than Rugrats All Grown Up, which is saying a lot.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Caroline, Shannon, that was it for the show. That is that is the very same Bears of the, the Slumber Party. Where can our listeners find you two?
2: Well, they can find me at Loose, the Loose Cannon Podcast. That's C-A-N-O-N. And our website is at loosecannonpod.com. And, uh, it's a show in which me and a guest talk about one of their favorite movies, especially one that is not otherwise critically beloved or popular, and, uh, comes out about twice a month. I'm a huge fan. Uh, my podcast, Stage of Fools,
1: comes back sometime next week, uh, after the season premiere of Ease the Royals this Sunday. Brace yourselves. Basically, it's a really goofy show, and my co-host and I kind of break it down week by week. I think talking about ridiculous fake British politics will be a really nice break from real uh, ridiculous American politics for all of us. So you can find us uh, at Stage of Fools podcast on iTunes, or if you'd like to see more about the show or get in touch, we're on Facebook, uh, Stage of Fools podcast.
0: And everyone looking for me, you can find uh, this show at BerenstainBearCast.wordpress.com. I'm on Twitter at b Bearcast. You can write to me at Bearcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe. Go right ahead. We'll be back in the future with even more Berenstain Bears madness. Shannon, Caroline, thank you once again.
1: Thank you, Phil. It was so much fun. Thank you for
0: having us. And thank you for being on the show. And we will see everybody next week deep in bear country.